Welcome to Bound by Books, a podcast of five authors across multiple genres talking about the one thing that we are all bound by, books. I'm Tina Moss, a USA Today bestselling author of paranormal romance, urban fantasy, and as of this fall, sci-fi romance. I'm joined today by my co-host, Hannah Byron. Hannah, would you tell us a bit about yourself and what you write? Hey, hello, uh, Tina. Lovely to be on this podcast. Yeah, it's a good thing we have Bound by Books because we have so many things to talk about. So, um, yeah, as Tina said, I'm Hannah Byron. I'm, as I always say, from across the big pond. I'm in Holland. We're going to to talk a, a little bit about our work, our the books we love. I'm currently a historical fiction author, so I will talk about a little bit about that as well. So Hannah, we know you Episode. write historical fiction and that you love literary books as well. What's the process as you write? Do you read while you're writing? Do you take some time off from reading? What's your process? When I'm really in the process of writing, so after the plotting part, I tend to slow down on reading. Um, because for some reason, my stories are so predominant in my head that I am really concentrating on them. Even if I go for walks, I won't be listening to podcasts or to audiobooks because I'm still mulling around what these characters are doing. So I slow down, and but it is always, it feels like it sort of makes me poorer because I, I love the input of new stories. So I miss it. But I found out that it is hard for me to have an other story or even more than one story intervene with mine. So I, I'm currently in the, in the process of ending one book. I hope to have it finished by the end of this week. And then I'll have some time reading again. What about you, Tina? I am the opposite. I know that there are seems to be two camps when it comes to authors and reading. One will not read at all while they're writing, or at least not in the same genre. And then the others will read voraciously. And I am in category two. I read absolutely everything that I can get my hands on, specifically in the genre that I'm writing. And I speed read. So I can read a book a day with an hour or two in the morning or at night before I go to bed or before I start my day. Um, for my sci-fi romance series, I believe I'm up to, if not over 150 books in the genre. So some people, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but, but that's my research process. I was an English major, a grad student, um, a psychology student for my doctorate now. So I'm used to just a insane amount of research and reading. But for the sci-fi romance series, I know that some people, some authors in particular, are very afraid of taking on another author's voice or accidentally using another author's right. story. And I think if you read just a few in the genre you're writing, you can have that kind of danger. But when you read so many in the genre, it would be impossible yeah. for me to <laughs> include it all. So I, I don't worry yeah. about that part. I, I get that. I don't think I wouldn't also be so afraid of, you know, taking over. But doesn't it interfere with your own writing? Like that you're on one thread or it depends also, of course, I don't know whether you really plot your books and know where you're going or 
whether you are more what we call a panther and, and see where, you, where the story takes you. Doesn't it intervene? That's a great question. I, um, I'm a plotter, so I outline beforehand. So I have a good idea of where the story is going to begin, where it's going to end. And then I plot out six chapters at a time write them, plot out the next six chapters, etc. So I have a pretty good roadmap to begin with. I'm not usually afraid for that reason of reading another book. And sometimes other books will spark ideas for me. I'm very careful to obviously never plagiarize or copy somebody else's work, but I think there is a good amount of inspiration from other people's books as well. And Hannah, when you're writing, are you concentrating yeah. on one book at a time as well, or do you have multiple projects? Yeah, I think it is in line with the with the inability to to read other work. And I must say, it's basically fiction. I can read nonfiction. So if I read a marketing book, or you know, I'm I'm able to do that. That doesn't interfere at all with my line of thought. But yeah, I agree. I I try to work on more projects at a time, but it doesn't work for me. I even hear of authors who write one book one day and one book the other. I do need to to concentrate on one book and until it's, it, it's finished. So probably that is the opposite for you or not? Well, I am taking on this secondary project that I was not planning originally. I talked about a little bit in the last podcast. It came about from this TikTok that I did and readers kind of like swarm to this idea. So I said, all right, I, I will write it for you. This is what you want. But I usually don't write more than one project at a time. I really okay. like to hyper-focus on one. This is the first time I'm going to be writing in a serialized format, in a more panther style. So it, it's going to be an interesting experiment for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought that because you, I, you said before that you can really multitask very well. So I thought that probably because you can read so much next to your own writing that you probably could also write several projects at the, at the same time. I think it is also, it must be something brain-wise, I have no idea, but it, it must be the wiring of your brain, how you function in doing multiple things at the same time or having multiple stories. Because I'm, I'm curious. So there are many stories you are reading next to writing your own stories, but um, you can separate that completely and you can enjoy it, I suppose, or not. Yeah, I think it's almost a break for my brain because when I'm writing, I'm so focused on that story and that plot line and that character development that when I pick up another book, it's kind of like a rest period. I can I can jump into a totally different world and just have a little adventure and then let my brain not think so much because otherwise, right. as I'm sure you know and you do yourself, you're constantly thinking about what you're going to write. Yeah, but that is what I do also when I read. I try to read for pleasure, but I'm so involved in what is this author doing that it's become second nature. So I think that is probably because every author has, of course, his or her own system. So I will be in the background. I will be trying to figure out how this is 
done mm. or I also pick up on things I don't like or things I particularly like you know so <laughs> I think I never have my brain switched off unless I sleep so it even happens in reading that's that's great that you say that you can really read for relaxation and to get inspired I get inspired as well but it's somehow always also you know, connect it in some way to my own work. Mm -hmm. When I, I watch a f film or, or, you know. <laughs> so even television. in film or, or TV, you still have that same kind of, do you, so that's interesting. Do you watch anything when you're in writing mode or do you not consume any media? I, well, <laughs> I did watch the Eurovision Song Contest and I actually <laughs> could relax because music is not something that I'm involved in. You ah, know, okay. so it's sort of I can then I can sit back and relax because I can't do it. I can mm -hmm. just like ballet or dance in general. So to relax, I should watch, you know, dance movies or music. Do you listen to music? No. No. Uh, yes, I don't either. I don't oh, either. I know so many authors who do, but I can't imagine unless it's like really, really soft, you know, instrumental music, maybe. But yeah. the idea of full-on lyrics or, you know, baseline as you're writing, I can't, I can't imagine doing it. Oh, that's interesting because I, I would have, you know, pictured you as somebody who could do that. <laughs> no. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, but that's funny. You no, know, I, I actually prefer silence. And I mean, I've done some of the, on, on Clubhouse, there are these sprinting groups and they sometimes, that is the, a Pomodori system. So it's 20 minutes um, writing and then you know 10 minutes let your brain rest and they'd had music in these 20 minutes but then even I would put the volume down but I would mm. hear it in the background and then it would be okay but yes people have whole you know playlists yeah and they also so you would never be able to, to publish a playlist with your book I think because the that's... only way I could do that is like certain songs or music inspire certain scenes like the same way that I'm reading or if I'm watching television might inspire something but no no playlist for as I'm writing no okay <laughs> yeah no that's that's funny yeah apparently readers love it when you you give them playlists as well but um yeah it's not during the writing process okay but I found out something that how I can because I desperately need to to relax more yeah I don't know about you oh for sure you, I think everybody needs some downtime but you still manage to have that in your very very busy life as well I think it's important. I try really at night or like I said, in the morning, either before I start the day or after I finish the day to just let my brain rest and unwind before I go to sleep. Otherwise, I will be up for a good majority of the night thinking about what I have to do the next day. Okay, right. Yeah, I do that sometimes with a meditation, mm -hmm. not every night, especially now with the deadline, I will be writing until 12 or 1 in the night and I will just go to bed but I generally can sleep and then I get up in the morning again to work but I try to do meditation to sort of calm the brain and uh, absolutely now when you're writing you mentioned the Pomodoro method do you like that method better or do you do longer sprints what what do you prefer yeah I I just did it because it 
it was nice to actually chat in between with other people. Mm -hmm. So I liked that is aspect of it. But 20 minutes is too short for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I am. Um, I, I actually, well, because there was a little bell ringing, I would jump in the air because <laughs> I was so in the middle of my story. I was like, "What's happening?" You know. Oh, that's so funny. no. Um, um, other times, I don't know about you. Do you have fixed times for writing? I should. I should have fixed times for writing. Unfortunately, I do not. It is something that is a downfall of the multitasking system because I am constantly in a state of doing this, doing this, doing this. But when I'm writing, I really have to be concentrating on just writing. So for me, it's very difficult to have that purely writing time and nothing else is interfering. But yeah, I can understand yeah. that. Yeah. And you can, can you uh, sort of cleave out time in your day to do that or is it just in the weekends or I mean when I am in full writing mode it's usually at night which is not my husband is not a fan of that because we have literally then no together time no downtime it's just me working during the day and then writing at night but realistically I do need to carve time into my regular work day to write even if it's just an hour at a time and then you can you can just snap that switch and write I can I can and that's again that's just from like years of being a student and then being a teacher and being a professor and and having to switch between different modes of being so I, I can flip the switch when I need to it's just a matter of doing it yeah yeah I agree I mean that was one lesson I learned at a time when when, when I started out, I think the, it was the general idea that you had to be in this creative mood and mm. it would never come and you would have to clean your whole house before it, you would even be able to sit down. And right. that, that is actually just crap that you just <laughs> have to. I mean, I really believe in just sitting and doing it. Not that I'm always able to do it. Mm -hmm. Really not. I'm a procrastinator as well. But it, it's got very little to do with inspiration. It's got to do with just, you know, at some point. At first, of course, you have to find out what your rhythm is. But when you found that, then it is a matter of doing it. And um, yeah, that, I find it hard. I, for me, deadlines work. Absolutely. Do you find it difficult, though, when you are the one who gets to set the deadline? So I've been back into regular writing for over a year now. I didn't write for quite a few years mm -hmm. because due to personal problems but or personal situations, but also because I, I, I did something very funny. I actually forbid myself to write. Okay. Because I was so f I was so fed up with the procrastination part of it mm. that I thought if it is so hard to write, well, do you really want to write? So the first of September, two thousand and nineteen, I mm -hmm. said to myself, "You're not going to write anymore. You're just not going. You may write in your diary. You're not going to write fiction, and you're going to find out whether you want to belong to a group of writers or you want to think that you can make a name in it or anything." Then I did clean the house. I did a lot of getting rid of stuff, and then by January, so four months in, mm -hmm. I had an 
incredible urge to write. Oh, that's but I said, amazing. No no, 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 no. I said, no, 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 no. You're not sure yet. Well, the, the, the start of it was a book by Becca Syme. I don't know if you know Becca Syme. I, I do, um, I do. Yeah. So I, I read her book, Dear Writer, Please Quit. Mm -hmm. And that was when I quit. That's I thought, amazing. Okay. Yeah, I thought I have to. But so by the end of January, it was hard. I was writing more and more in my diary and that <laughs> was going. And then I did a course, just a three week course by with her in the beginning of March mm -hmm. last 2020. I don't remember which it was one of the first courses. And I started writing in the third week of March and I haven't stopped since. Amazing. So that was a good experiment for you to do to take yep. some time away from writing and to see is this what I really want? Yeah, because yeah, it wasn't it was fuddled muddled in my brain, you know, there were so many different aspects. I don't know. Well, I think you've taken a break from writing as well. Or not. I did. I did. So I mentioned it a little bit last time I started in the traditional world of publishing. And unfortunately, it really stunted my growth. I felt as a writer, because the process was so difficult. And because I co-author and I had gotten to acquisitions at major publishers on multiple occasions only to get turned down at that last step. So it was very disheartening. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was hard. It was it was disheartening. It was it felt like a rejection of of all yeah, that yeah. I had poured into this work for so long and I stopped. And that's what made me want to start City Isle Press and to go into independent publishing and into business. And then I put yeah. a lot of time and effort into the business side, which unfortunately stopped my personal writing for a while yeah. as well. So I don't but regret any of it, yeah. but it was definitely a, a journey yeah. to get here. Yeah. And, and, but you do see your career as a writer, because I understand that it is a little bit struggling for you to find a time, but you are, are you going to, to release something soon? Yes. As, a, as an experiment for myself and to push myself to write more regularly, I have promised a group of readers that I am going to do this paranormal reverse harem serialized story. So that means that every week something new will come out. Along with that, I am still working on my okay. sci-fi romance series that'll come out in the fall. So I'm getting the ball rolling. I just feel like I'm not, you know, I'm not at the practice games yet. I'm not tossing up the free throws yet I'm, I don't have a pattern I'm just kind of like oh okay I can write now I can write now I can write now but it's not at the same time yeah. or on a consistent basis so that's what I need to fix yeah I'm really glad I found that now I'm still I still have a day job but mm -hmm. I sort of molded around it and I live by myself so I nobody complains when I write in the evenings exactly. so that is and I must say well, I, I brought up three kids on my own. So I just said it to a friend who came by. This is such luxury for me. Also because it's Wonderful. calm in my family now, you mm -hmm. know, after all the uh, health issues we had. I just enjoy it. I, I indulge in it. That's amazing. It's, it's, it's terrible to say. But <laughs> How does Clubhouse now fit into your whole schedule? Because you've become this, this Clubhouse author. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I'm, I think I am 
I'm three months in now. I think I joined, well, I joined somewhere in February, but I didn't do much for the first couple of weeks. But I'm finding my feet now because the first weekend that I really got into it, I was just obsessed and I was 24 hours I was there. Um, it's lovely to talk to people, but you can talk to people until you're blue in the face. I mean, it, it, in the end of the day, work must be done so i am selective now in the, the groups i i go and listen into and i must say to be honest i do listen a lot into marketing and readers groups but i love the piano and singing clubs See? Best. that's your downtime that's your yeah. relaxation period yeah yeah it, I could even, because it's instrumental, well, the singing not, but I could even work with it, but they talk in between, like, you know, ah, okay. so that is that is a bit of a difficulty, but I love that. And um, I'm also in, because I'm in Europe, so I'm, I'm in several Creative Europe groups mm -hmm. that are really, I love talking to people that are in film or are actors or are even, you know, chefs and stuff like that. I just love talking to people. And because I live on my own, that is one way of, you know, having my coffee break in the morning and just right. chat to some people. It's really nice. But I understand you are not not very big fan of it, are you? I appreciate it, but it's not for me. I think because I am what I would call an extroverted introvert. Like I enjoy my time with people and I can, I can be around people and do the people thing, but I love being in my own head so much. And I always hated talking on the phone. So for me, it's very reminiscent of telephone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that, yeah. that aspect yeah, is I, difficult I, for me. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, because I'm an absolute introvert, but um, I have difficulty with groups where there is a lot of extroverts, you mm. know, uh, claiming all the limelight. I have difficulty, but I, I found a couple of, of clubs that really appreciate my my share. And then I feel really part of a community much more than, for example, on Facebook. And as I say, because I'm on my own, generally unless friends or family and especially in this time you know sure. we're still coming out of lockdown so the opportunity to just sit with my coffee and have a chat mm -hmm. is lovely so, so in nice. that respect i like it yeah. i think i haven't reached the point yet where i missed that because i was in the academic world for so long and so much of that life is teaching to people, being in front of people, having conversations, even when you're trying to take a break. It was a lot of talking. And I think I haven't reached, you know, the point where I miss it. I'm sure I will at some point, but right yeah. now I'm really enjoying that quieter yeah. time. <laughs> I can totally uh, understand that. I was a, a lecturer for a long time as well, mm -hmm. but the last, say the last six years, I've worked from home as an, a translator. I'm not active and I was a recruiter. So I was always among people right. and I loved it when I, but I think it's actually been, because the first months in, in lockdown weren't too bad for me. It, it it coincided with my restart of my writing career. Mm -hmm. So I was totally happy in my little bubble. But I think it's been, especially we in Holland, we had the second lockdown has been very long from like mm. November, uh, October. And I think wow. that's where I started to read. I was lonely. 
And yeah. I don't feel so lonely now anymore because I can just chat to people whenever in the day I feel like it, you mm -hmm. know. And uh, so that's it. Yeah. That's a really good point, too, about loneliness. I know that a lot of readers, especially I feel like younger readers, have this connection to books because it makes them feel less alone and not even necessarily interacting with other readers, although that's much more popular with things like Clubhouse and TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. Do you feel that way about books? Like, does it make you feel less alone in the world when you're reading or even when you're writing? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and that is, I think as, as writers, that is the most beautiful thing we can, add to the world that mm -hmm. people feel less lonely that they all let me let me say it in a positive way that they feel connected to a world that we created i mean right. how how beautiful how amazing how magical <laughs> is that i mean it's kind of the best part nothing. and I, I i will tell you so i'm writing this book now it's a heavy book on the second world war and yesterday I came to a part in it that I thought this is really a thriller. This mm -hmm. is really thrill, or I should say thriller-like. Mm -hmm. And I was, it was just before I went to bed and I was not lying in my own bed. So, so what I worried about most is how are my readers going to, are they going, because it gave me goosebumps. And oh I thought, my gosh. I mean, this is, this is about a young doctor who is, is is pushed to the edge and she decides to kill a german ss gestapo leader mm -hmm. but before she's brought to that point that she does it she gives him an, an insulin injection in his heart oh wow while somebody while somebody else holds him down i was i, I don't know if other writers do that i was worrying about my readers you know <laughs> will they will they well, they uh, talking about feeling alone or feeling not connected. Will they be so, you know, I would never read a thriller. Ah, okay. But this is, this is not or, or watch a, a spooky um, film or a horror mm -hmm. film. But I mean, and, and my major reader base are, I think, between 40 and 70, mostly women. Mm-hmm. So you're worried that they would be yeah, like I, feeling uncomfortable? Yeah, well, I, I'm not there to comfort them, writing that it will end up okay, that, that it will end okay. But I, yeah, I don't know. It was the first time that I thought that I, because you're so involved with having the reader in your story and taking them along, but mm -hmm. there is, you must have that too. You, we write hard things sometimes. Absolutely. And, sometimes I'm, I'm. But it would, I take a weird glee though in it. Like when I'm getting to a point where I know that I'm just going to uh, mentally torture my characters and I know that the reader is gonna be like feeling a certain way about it. I, I kind of makes me laugh. Like I feel like an evil genius sometimes with that of ha ha ha, look what I'm going to do now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would have that too if it was a really, I mean, this is a fictional story, but this is also part of history. Mm -hmm. And um, so in that respect, it is different. It is different when you write a horror story about people that didn't really exist. Of, of course, these people didn't really exist, but the atmosphere was there, the threat, yeah. the, the fear theme, good people can do bad things. But it was about this 
uh, feeling so connected to your readers and, and being afraid. But yeah, I think that's extremely interesting of how, you know, we can connect with our readers and therefore connect with people through our books. And I think it's probably my favorite part of being an author when somebody, some reader picks up a book and, and writes and says, you know, I felt this way about your story. Honestly, even if it's negative, I know that a lot of writers fear negative reviews. I've never been one of those people just because I feel like even if you didn't have a great experience with my book, maybe my book just wasn't for you, you still had an experience. Like I, through my writing, I still made you have some type of experience and have emotions about my book enough so that you wanted to then write a review about it or to write to me about it. And even when it's negative, I truly honestly find that to be the most amazing thing about writing. How do you but feel about reviews? Good, that's, that's a good thing to just to look at negative reviews because I, I sort of, try to hide my my head under the pillow <laughs> when I get a bad review but that's basically because it, when I get a bad review it's basically because they sort of um they are historians that that uh. pick apart part of my historical fiction and say the research was lousy this couldn't have happened this is just and I I have a great imagination so I can imagine anything yeah but it is true you gave them an experience although it wasn't experience that they expected they didn't sign up for it but that's the experience they got <laughs> yeah. yeah okay Hannah so we're coming about to the end of our time if readers want to connect with you or on clubhouse or in any of your social media sites where can they find you Okay, well, the easiest is just to go to my website, which is very simply www.hannabyron.com. And it would be lovely if they signed up for my newsletter. That is easily to find on my website as well. So as I already made clear, I write quite suspenseful but also romantic historical fiction. So there is a suspenseful uh, novella, uh, free novella, if people sign up for my newsletter. And find me on Facebook. I've got a club on Clubhouse, the Reader Writer Alliance. So I love to connect with readers there. I do a, a reader based event every week there. Authors read the first 500 words from their novel and readers may guess what the genre is and tell what they think about it and they have a small discussion so that's nice oh, that's and what about you tina it's www.tinamoss.com and i am at author tina moss on pretty much every social media site on facebook i have the tina moss reader group and you can find more about the serialized paranormal reverse harem if you so choose once amazon launches their new system i will be able to put it out but until then you can get all the details there all right thank you so much for listening and i hope you'll join us next monday for a new episode of bound by books <laughs>